search is over. It's time to release your mouse, turn your speakers way up, and hang on to your hard drive. As the SEO rock stars, log on to Rock the Net right out of the stratosphere. Prepare to optimize your Tuesday evening, jamming and spamming with the always highly ranked SEO rock stars. Guaranteed to be a night filled with great memory. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Well, afternoon here, evening if you're out on the east. Uh, Oil Man and Baked Jake coming at you with SEO Rockstars on January the 11th. How you doing there, Jake? I'm all right, man. A little cold, but other than that, not too bad at all. Yeah, we got pounded. We got about two feet of snow out here on the weekend, and we never get snow. It's, uh, it's been quite uh, quite the entertaining weekend for me out here, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah I was but in... Uh, well, no, I guess I was... Uh, here this past weekend, it was it was actually warm, and then it got cold again. So, but you're yeah. in Canada now, so get used to it. <laughs> it was your choice, my friends. So what are we talking about tonight? Well, servers, servers, servers. Um, I think we're gonna uh, go in depth a bit with uh, some of the more technical questions we've been getting um, over the last couple of weeks. We've gotten some some uh, highly technical questions having to do with everything servers um, from anything. You know, like how to set them up to uh, to how to configure certain aspects of them for for SEO type stuff. That uh, sounds like it'd be a, a great show. I might learn something actually. I don't know jack about servers to be quite honest. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, let's just jump in. We got. I, I'm kind of liking the format we've been running the last few weeks here, doing sort of a Q and A, picking a topic, and and just hammering through. I think it's been working yeah, really well. I was. I know that. Um, there were some general questions we had that were sort of common, what we thought was sort of common knowledge, but I guess that weren't. So let's uh, take those kind of questions first, uh, IP questions, things like that. And if you guys have any questions, uh, in either of the chat rooms, um, whether you're on the web chat or the IRC chat, um, you know, send them over to Oilman if you've got any server or technical type questions. That sounds like a good start. Well, I had a bunch that were sent over uh, a little earlier today. And uh, basically, I mean, one of the things that comes up a lot is, you know, when you go on the forums and whatnot, you see, you know, there's a, a forum about web servers and this and that. And somebody posts a, a, a question that seems very generic in, you know, something like, how do you do a 301? And then everybody jumps in saying how to do a 301 when they've sort of missed what the next step is. You know, a lot of people go, well, I, you know, I'm on a Windows server, I'm on a Unix server, I'm on FreeBSD, I'm on all these different kinds of servers. And that's going to impact the answer to a lot of the questions. So one of the first questions that that uh, came up that was pretty common was, how do you do a 301 on a Windows uh, server if you don't have root access? Right. So 301s are are what we call permanent redirects. Okay. So there's there's various types of redirects, but the search engines all basically say to use 301, um, and and you'll have the consequences you expect, which is to take an old page and move it to a new page and, and to update the search rankings accordingly. So essentially there's, there's a couple ways you can do a 301. As you mentioned, Todd, the server is the easiest way. Um, on Apache in the .ht access file and in IIS, the administration, uh, the graphical interface, you can do it via a series of checkboxes. But a lot of times people won't have access, especially on the IIS machines, to uh, do those 301s. Uh, a server administrator on a shared hosting platform is not going to give you administrative access to his IIS panel. So 
A lot of times what you should do is do what we call a language level redirect, whereas if you go into ASP code and, uh, and do a redirect. And the, the, re, the way to do that is to actually build what we call the HTTP header stream. And when you build that stream, you add a header called um, response, and that response header sends a 301 redirect to the server. And you can, you, know, you can actually send the type of response you want. So you could send a 404 response even though the page is there, or you can send a 301 response. Um, if you Google for the search phrase redirects for fun and profit, um, I wrote a post uh, probably almost a year ago that details how to do some of these language-specific solutions, and it's got some ASP examples, ColdFusion, Perl, and, uh, and the like, which will allow you to do those redirects, as I said, on a, on a language and page level and not necessarily on a server level. Wow, I just learned something new and exciting. <laughs> I've, I've been a Unix guy from day one, and I can muddle my way through a little HT access and, and, uh, and play around with that. And every time somebody comes up to me with a Windows question, I just go all glassy and order another beer. So, but uh, there's, there's definite pluses and minuses to your, your server environment. Um, I don't, I, you know, even as I say that, I can't think of a single positive to using Microsoft, but that's just me. How about no, there's, there's there's what are the positives to using IIS? Well, it's it's interesting because it it's it, it's tough. Um, the project I'm working on now, I'm involved with, called True Local, um, actually is a a total Microsoft platform um, based project, and uh, our developers find some some advantages to working with Microsoft technology. Certainly. Um, the Microsoft tech, uh, development tools are unmatched. Okay, you're not going to find an open source development uh, environment that really comes close to anything that the Microsoft tools can currently do. So it makes life a bit easier on the developers. Um, there, there's some other uh, Windows specific stuff. If you're doing a lot of Windows specific stuff, um, it's it's much easier to do. So it makes life a bit easier on the developers. Um, there, there's some other uh, Windows-specific stuff, if you're doing a lot of Windows-specific stuff, um, it's, it's much easier to do. So it makes life a bit easier on the developers. Um, there, there's some other uh, Windows-specific stuff, if you're doing a lot of Windows-specific stuff, um, it's, it's much easier to do with the Microsoft-type platform, but that's not really web-specific. On the website, um, the Microsoft platform is, is good from a SQL Server perspective. Um, I personally feel that there's really not a better database out there for web development type stuff than Microsoft SQL, and I'm going to get flamed for that. But it's true. I mean, I, I do a lot of development in MySQL um, and in Postgres, and there are some features that I miss from SQL Server. Um, SQL Server, especially in a multi-user environment, has a lot of trace and debug features. It's got a lot of user accountability features. It's got unmatched reporting features. Um, that aren't currently available with anything open source out there. So there's, there's a lot of positive reasons to use the Microsoft platform. Um, you know, like anything else, you have to be careful with your code. Um, there's a lot of open source web code that gets exploited all the time. We just had that, that huge, um, what was it, PHPBB that got exploited mm -hmm. on a Mac yeah. scale? What was that forum system? There was one of them that was, got just whacked. And PHP nuke gets whacked all the time. So, you know, Security bugs aren't just Microsoft 
specific. I mean, you know, it's really up to the developer to make their software secure. I was, I was actually reading a post. I think it was, uh, I think it might have been Tedster over at Webmaster World. He was uh, expounding a little bit on the, the argument that open source is actually more prone to exploits because just of the nature of how it's developed and the fact that the code is so, you know, just right out there for everybody to see and play with and, and you know, look at the architecture, how it's all put together and, and actually find some holes uh, a little easier that way. And I thought it was an interesting argument. But, uh, you know, that said, I was actually talking to uh, a friend of mine who runs a fairly good-sized SEO firm, and they work primarily in a .NET environment. And he was explaining a little bit to me about how that all works and just the ease of development on some of these monster sites to put in together. Yeah. It, was pretty, it was pretty impressive, uh, i got to say. Well, the, the, the coolest thing about SQL, and Red Zone's commenting a bit on its features in the, Java, in the, the web chat, but I mean, one of the coolest features I find about SQL Server is that we were looking at this the other day. Um, I can do trace queries, so I can tell exactly where a query is bottlenecking. Um, I can tell which user is bottlenecking a query. So if you're in a multi-user environment, we have lots of developers over at True Local. I can point to one of the developers and say, hey, Bonehead, knock it off. You know, um, It's tougher to do that with MySQL. Um, and, and you don't have some of the you know, down to the query level uh, language features. So it's, it's actually a, a very neat platform. Um, clustering and, and backup and restoration is also made quite a bit easier with SQL Server. And to their credit, some of the other enterprise server level applications like Oracle rather than MySQL. So, you know, it's the right tool for the job. That said, I'm developing a quick little web script. I'm not going to pay 20 grand for SQL Server, you know. If MySQL will do just fine, that's great. It's always about the right tool for the job. Exactly. And, and I mean, really, when I look at the server thing, most of the stuff I do is small websites, no database backends, all that kind of stuff. And, and for me, a Unix setup is just way faster because I can copy my HT access files back and forth and make minor edits and this and that. I don't have to wait on some server technician to, you know, get to my support email and make all those changes in IIS for me. Um, and I, I mean, that's really what I find to be sort of the weakest link for me is, is not being able to do that directly in a shared environment with IIS. It's right. sort of a one, one control panel that one guy manages and just sits there all day answering emails and clicking buttons off and on. And it seems, it seems that they could have done something a little better in that regard, and, and who knows what's, in the, what's coming down the pipe from them in that. Right, right. So what, uh, what next, now that we've had a little good argument about our servers there? Uh, what do we got here? Server issues that can affect search engine rankings. Oh, there's, there's all kinds. That's yeah, I mean, there's you know, that show that, unto itself. That kind of runs the gamut, right? Um, when it comes to server issues, uh, you know, everything from how it's set up to how well it's responding can um, can affect search engine rankings um, or search engine indexing more specifically. It's not really a ranking issue; it's more of an indexing issue. Um, exactly. You know, so so let's start with even response time, which is an obvious thing. Um, there's a couple of engines out there that have already said, we're going to scale our query rate based on your responsiveness. So if Google comes through, and I think Google was the primary one here, if Google comes through and they say, look, this server takes 
five seconds for a page load, they're going to scale appropriately. If your server takes a millisecond for a page load, they're going to scale appropriately. Um, obviously, if you're in a, an Akamized environment, I think they'll probably scale that appropriately, or who knows, they may have a back-end deal with Akamai. So I, I think that the search engines probably, um, and, and, and not give ranking credit. I don't think having a faster server is going to improve your ranking directly, but I think indirectly, obviously, the more pages you get into the index, the faster you get them into the index, you're going to do better in the engines. Um, because you'll have that internal link structure, you'll have all this good stuff that you need, and you'll be getting that content in there as fast as you can. Um, obviously, the, the ability to change your pages and see the, the results of those changes the next day will speed up your SEO process just because you know someone that only gets their changes implemented every two days, you can do development twice as fast as them because now you have a, a better platform to do your testing. Um, so as far as response times go, the better response your server is shooting out, um, the better it will do with Google. Um, I've even read some people are starting to give the spiders priority um, by increasing threads or, or increasing priority of threads based on the requester. And that's pretty low-level stuff, but it, it seems to be working for them. So that's, that's when we talk about response time, what we're talking about. Absolutely. I, I find that's, uh, you know, and that's just, not even from a search engine indexing point of view, response time is is uh, an important from a, a shopping surfer point of view. You want your website to be crisp and, and to pop along. You don't want people waiting, adding something to the shopping cart and having it sit there and churn and chug and and do whatever because they're going to abandon uh, in two seconds. So there's you know there's two sides to that. There's the the spider side and there's just the user side that you know user experience is is utmost importance, right. Exactly. What other major issues as far as indexing? Making sure you've got your HT access set up properly. I mean, not even really server stuff, robots.txt. If you inherit a site, make sure the robots.txt file is either not there or if it is there, that it's configured properly. Yeah, I would, I would throw that up there. Also, um, you know, we had, and I won't mention the name of the site, but a major site on the web, public traded company, last year came to me with a problem, and they said, you know, we have no pages in Google. You know, we're a, a million-page site. Yahoo is picking up all of our pages fine, but we have zero pages in Google. Turns out they had a cloaking script installed that went bad, and the cloaking script basically sent Googlebot and Googlebot only um, into an infinite loop. So if you're using a cloaking script, make sure that you test that cloaking script. Um, if it's a user agent cloaking script, it's very easy to test. You get Firefox, you get the user agent extension, you switch your user agent out, and you can see what the search engines see. If you use an IP-based cloaker, it's a little bit harder to test. What you want to do is add your IP to that IP list, and then you can pretend you're a search engine. So you'll want to make sure if you are using those cloaking scripts that those cloaking scripts are working properly. Absolutely. I, you find... Uh you find some interesting stuff from time to time when you come across some broken uh, cloaking scripts. Uh, I remember it was about, probably about a year ago now that uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Barry Lloyd, over at Make Me Top, his uh, his script broke, and we found some interesting stuff floating around Alta Vista there for a while. And uh, we we pick on him to this day about that. It's it's uh, it's some fun. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of questions that are starting to really pour in here. I think probably what we should do is take a quick break, pay some bills, make those sponsors happy. And uh, while we're doing that, take a, take a minute here. We, uh, 
Jessie's coming up at the end of the show with uh, Hats Off, and she's going to be doing some, she's going to have a, a palm reader on the show. So go over to your scanner or your photocopy machine, scan your hand, and fax it to her. Over, go to alchemistmedia.com, get the fax number, send it over to her, and they'll read your palm on her show. But right now we're going to pop out, pay some bills, and we'll be back in just a few minutes to take some more questions. Your key to the hottest games on the net. From Ultima Online to Dark Age of Camelot is here. Introducing Dual Cash. Dual Cash. Available wherever prepaid calling cards are sold or online at dualcash.com. Enjoy instant access to the ultimate internet gaming excitement anywhere. You see paybycash.com or Dual Cash. No credit card or bank account required. Game merchants and webmasters, get your game on. Don't leave money on the table except Dual Cash. Sign up today for the official prepaid game card of the internet. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on GenieKnows.com. Install a co-branded search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. And at your command, GenieKnows.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our co-brand referral program. Genie knows how to deliver results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com. Sponsor of the Webmaster World. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well written, informative content. High quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. And we are back. I hope that gave some of you enough time to go get your uh, palm print faxed over to Jesse. We are talking about servers and all the issues that you can run into from a search engine standpoint, just from a web standpoint uh, in general as far as your hosting and just having your website run smoothly. And uh, we've got Jake in the room here with me, and uh, we're just going to jump right in with the next question. Uh, a better mall in the chat room posted, I'm not sure if this is really server-related, but do file extensions affect ranking, i.e. HTML versus PHP versus ASP, on and on and on? Um, my gut answer to that is, and anything that search engines will tell you, is that no, the file extension does not affect ranking whatsoever. And uh, I, you know, I, I tend to believe that because a page is a page is a page. As far as if you can view the source code, that's what the bot is seeing as well. What do you do? You have any response to that at all, Jake? Yeah, I would say it. It, it from a ranking perspective, it doesn't matter um, page extensions wise. Um, I think it did at one point. Uh, I don't see any evidence that it does anymore. What? Um, did matter at one time in Google. Uh, I had a client. No, you know, they weren't a client. It was a question I got at a site clinic. And this was, I want to say it was Boston in 2003. But, um, and at this point, Google was saying file extensions don't matter or whatever. And I came across this site, 
and uh, the guy had asked me to look at it, and it really had bugged me at the site clinic, so I, I looked at it for a bit, spent a few hours on it. And the only thing I could come up with was that Google was blocking the type of file extension that this guy was using. Um, the specific extension he was using was .cms. And I looked and looked and probably spent 10 hours looking and removed everything out of my head that, that I could figure. And it came down to, I think they're blocking this file extension because literally every single other thing on his website was open and, and indexed. But these CMS files were not getting indexed. And there was nothing on the, the pages that should have prevented them from getting indexed. So I had emailed Google at the time, and they actually sent me an email back and said, yes, we, we had blocked that file extension. We've removed the block for, for that specific site, and it's indexed properly. And a, and a, a few days later, it was indexed just fine. So um, moral of the story is I don't think having HTML over PHP will affect your ranking, but I think they may block problematic file types in certain circumstances. Sure, and uh, non-traditional extensions and, and so on and so forth. I mean, you, you want to try and stay as sort of traditional and, and standard as possible, I think, and that's, that's a pretty good argument in any uh, section of what we're doing here. The, uh, the sort of part two to that question is, uh, by a better model, again, does rewriting the URL to remove query string parameters matter? So if you're typically when you're using uh, you know, the PHP, ASPX, all that kind of stuff, you're running dynamic sites where you're going to have query parameters appended to those uh, file names and file extensions. Um, that, can, that can be a problem. We've, we've seen the engines get better at crawling dynamic content and handling you know, two, three parameters. You see some sites where everything's indexed somewhere. You just can't seem to get it. Um, I, I, I prefer to rewrite when I can, but I'm not a real rewrite expert. But I think uh, Jake would probably agree with me on that, that you want to make things as static and as crawlable as possible. Well, I, I don't think changing the, the way the parameters address really helps or, or hurts anything. Um, my, uh, my argument for rewriting URLs used to be search engines like it. Now it's more of, well, the search engines don't like long URLs. So URLs with one or two parameters, I'm not seeing any problems with. Um, it just works, right? They index them fine. They rank fine, blah, 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 blah. When you start to get three or more, you're not necessarily running into the number of parameters um, so much as the length of the URL that's becoming a problem. Um, and also, there are things involved with three parameters that, that might lead to circular navigation, right? Um, it, it is of my opinion, and I know Mickle, who's either tuned in or, or, or usually in the room, will agree with me on this. It's very rare that a site actually needs more than two parameters. Any, for, for navigation, I mean, anything you can really, really do with one parameter if you're really smart about it, or at max you should need two. Any parameters on the line after two is something that can be stored in a cookie or that is totally not needed. <clears throat> if you have a unique product ID and you're doing breadcrumb navigation, put that breadcrumb navigation in a cookie. Don't put it on the line because what happens is you get separate URLs that point to the same content and now you're pointing to dupe content problems. And the, the interesting thing about that is rewriting URLs isn't going to fix that problem. Um, you're still going to have dupe content issues because you're going to have different URLs pointing to the same content. So I, I don't think you have to necessarily make the site look static. Um, some SEOs say you do. I, I, don't, I don't think so. 
anymore. But what you do want to do is shorten those URLs as much as possible and remove the circular navigation from, from your site. I absolutely agree with that. I mean, the, the static thing, like, usually I agree. Two to, two to three parameters, you're, you're usually going to be okay. Um, I was looking at one site just a little bit ago. I was asked to do a little analysis on potentially doing some, some rewrite rules for the site. And it, it was a, it's a major uh, consumer electronics site. And, uh, like, the, the URLs were astonishingly long and drawn out. And the quick fix was to make them static. And that was – and that – it shortened them to some degree, and it, and it just brought everything in to – drop the system down to two or three parameters and institute the cookies and all that kind of stuff was uh, so much more work that we determined we would get more mileage off the front end doing a straight rewrite rule and then maybe consider doing you know a cookie route down the road. But to fix the problem initially and get the spiders in and crawling, uh, that seemed to work the best for us. Right, right. Well, let's see, what else do we have floating around here for questions? I've uh, been wandering around the office and not really watching the chat room. Anything I got? To, do we want to recommend actual hosting companies? I had Andre uh, PM'd me here and, and asked if there was any hosting companies we absolutely loved and were willing to recommend. I will. Um, all right, I'll, I'll I'll give an unbiased opinion. I don't run a, run a hosting company anymore. I've had tremendous success um, here in the U.S. with Pair. Um, and in the UK with a company called HAB Internet, um, th those are probably my recommendations. Pair is expensive, um, but they've got the most stable servers in the world, and you'll never run into a better group of people. Yeah, Pair is absolutely fantastic. I've been with them for about six years. I think I might have even mentioned them to you, Jake, way back. Yeah, was, probably a few years ago. I'm sure you I was, did. I was, I've been banging the Pair drum over at Webmaster World since uh, since day one. And uh, yeah, they're they're pricey, but the nice thing with them is you can pile as many domains as you want on one account, and it's only an extra dollar per domain, and you get separate log files, and you know the whole nine yards. So if you got ten sites, you can actually be down hosting for you know three to four dollars a month per site. So uh, and unique IPs on a variety of C, A, B classes, the whole nine yards. Uh, really like them a lot. Um, other than that, I, I really haven't used too many other mm -hmm. hosts to recommend. You, you know, you find a good host, you stick with them. Good rule of thumb with hosting is you get what you pay for. And we go around this all and all, all the time. You see it in the forums. I was with so and so host, and uh, you know they didn't do this, and they didn't do that, and you know this happened, and they're not responding. And you go check out that hosting company's website, and they're like, you know, dollar ninety nine a month hosting company. Well, how much? Customer service and support. Do you really expect that you're going to get for a dollar ninety nine a month? Exactly. So that that'd be that's you know, go with a good host. Talk to the webmasters that you know and see where they're hosting. Um, good testimonials are typically when somebody's been with a host for a long, long time, and uh, that that speaks volumes. You can have a really good host and say, you know, I've been with these guys for two months. They're really great. It's really not long enough, in my opinion, to evaluate a hosting company. Mm -hmm. In uh, in the six years I've been with Pair, I can think of three, maybe four outages that whole time, and nothing that was longer than about an hour to uh, you know swap out some hard drives and and that kind of thing. So there you have it. What uh, what should we move on to next? 
got another question here. How do you go about setting up your own server and managing that? Jake, you got some experience there. You've uh, yeah, I, that's with a, companies. Uh, that, that's a question and a show probably all unto itself. Um, essentially, it, it's <laughs> um, uh, essentially it's not something I would recommend from our, our discussion tonight. Right? Um, the worst, the worst thing you can do is walk out tomorrow, um, go install a server and then put it up on the internet because there's so much exploitable software out there that if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to be into some deep trouble. Um, essentially what you have to do when you install uh, a server or set up a server, it's much like setting up any other computer. It's just the way you set it up is different, right? So you install the operating system. Um, when I use, when I install an operating system for server use, I typically tend to disable everything that, that I don't use or not install it even. Um, with FreeBSD, which is my, my Unix vendor of choice, uh, I typically install a minimalist installation, which is about 40, 40 megs, 45 megs, and build everything from there. Um, FreeBSD, you can build everything from source. Um, that's not easy to do for an amateur, but FreeBSD does have some, some great extensive documentation. On Linux, you need to be real careful what you do because a lot of the distributions that are starting to come out install everything plus the kitchen sink by default. You certainly don't want that for a server. So um, you basically need to, to start from scratch and install one service at a time. Get the most recent Apache. Get the most recent FTP or SSH client um, that you want to use. Make sure you're you're reading up on security vulnerabilities. And also when you, you install a server, you have to keep current on these security issues because they happen all of the time. Um, and they'll bite you. You don't know. On Windows, it's a bit different. You install Windows Server much like you'd install a Windows desktop machine, um, but then you've got to kind of lock the Windows Server down after you're done installing it. So it's like I said, it's not something I can just answer in 10 minutes and, and send you on your way. Um, what I would recommend doing, if you want to learn how to set up a Unix server, um, go grab a copy of FreeBSD. Their site has a, a great documentation guide called the FreeBSD Handbook, and it's very, very detailed. Um, if you're a beginner, you can figure this out. Get an old machine and set something up in your house on your, on your home network and try and get the web server running and learn how it works um, and play with it a lot until you're ready to move it out onto the Internet. Absolutely. That's... Uh that's really good advice. I recently set up my own server, and, and this is this is how I did it. And, and Jake, you're going to love this. I went and I bought a really really cheap computer on like Tiger Direct or something like that. I think got like you know a little software RAID in there. We put Linux on it and you know all that stuff. And then I handed it over to a guy who's co-locating it for me. I have to still log in and manage it and everything myself, but he set it all up for me, and uh, that worked really well for me because. Well, I don't know jack about servers as we already determined. <laughs> I think it's about uh, that time. Another break. Pay a few more bills. Uh, another quick reminder, Jesse is reading palms, having actually a palm reader on the Hats Off show tonight. So go photocopy, scan, and uh, fax your palm prints down to Jesse, and we'll see if any of you have a future in this business or not. We'll be back in just a couple more minutes. Keep those questions rolling in, and... Uh, We've got about 25 minutes or so to go on the show, so we'll see what else we can cover for you.
webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on GenieKnows.com. Install a co-branded search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. Add at your command. GenieKnows.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our co-brand referral program. Genie knows how to deliver results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com. Proud sponsor of the Webmaster World. More and more women are experiencing amazing pleasures, enjoying playful chocolates from PlayfulCash.com. All natural gourmet Colombian treats that are simply sinful. As a PlayfulCash.com affiliate, you'll enjoy weekly payouts up to 50% on all sales of these trademark and patented products. Multiple payout options, 5% referral fees, and private labeling available. Isn't life sweet when playful is highly profitable? For more money-making info, visit PlayfulCash.com today. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. .com more than a name And we are back in it's uh, about 4:42 by my clock here and Jake and I are holding court on servers and server issues and things that affect your website performance and potential indexing and uh, I've kind of run out of questions here uh, that people have, uh, maybe we've answered them all, we've solved everybody's server problems. Do you think that's <laughs> possible? <laughs> um, I think we got, uh, I got one here from a better mall. Um, he asks, uh, oh, oh, geez, um, I don't even know if we want to broach this subject, um, but we'll do it as fast as we can. Um, whoo, the Google affiliate stuff. Um, Ooh, I like this one. This one. Yeah, this is this, this is a this is a t- an issue. Whether I don't know whether we'll be able to blow this in fifteen minutes. Um, so so let's talk about that. Um, I know I have a, a handle on the issues. Oil man, you want to start with what you think's going on? This is uh, we're talking about the the whole affiliate uh, AdWords stuff going away, right? Yeah, correct. And and what's going on there? My I don't do a lot of pay per click stuff. But my the general understanding I've been able to pick up from this issue is that what is happening is, is Google is doing away with having multiple ads simply all point to the same place. And it's I don't know, is it is it does it have to be unique landing pages or does it have to be a unique actual unique domain uh, that it's going to? I mean basically because what you see with a lot of AdWords, especially the you know, dare I say it on air the eBay stuff is that no matter what you click on, you always wind up at ebay.com, whether it was an eBay ad or any any of the 5 or 10 or 20 affiliate ads, you always wind up just at the same result. So it's not really benefiting the user at all to have all that kind of stuff. But it would seem to me that, you know, it's a bit of an, an ad revenue thing. If they go down, if they start peeling away how many ads can be there, is that going to push ad revenue up for those terms, and is, at the end of the day, is Google going to make more money off of this? 
Well, yeah. I, I mean, in, in my opinion, I, I it's interesting because at first sight, you know, the first thing you heard about was the affiliates griping, which we knew it would happen, right? There, there's affiliates do AdWords stuff. Um, the affiliates are going to gripe fine. Let's push that aside for for a moment. The second thing I heard was the AdSense publishers going, oh, my God, my ad revenue is going to go down. <laughs> no, it won't. Your ad revenue will not go down. The first thing that's going to happen is simple supply and demand economics. There's going to be one space where there previously were ten. What happens to that one space? It becomes, becomes very more valuable. Yeah, it becomes more valuable. Is it going to become more valuable by ten times? I don't know. It's quite possible that it might become more valuable by 20 times. You know, who knows? Um, what it is going to do, I think it will push ad revenue up. I think those spaces become more valuable. The eBay example is not a real good one because eBay actually tracks their, their users and clicks to the extreme. Um, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if you walked up to someone in eBay right now and they could tell you exactly what they make per click on AdWords. Um, but... You know, for, for some of the affiliates, uh, or not the affiliates, but the merchants that don't have a handle on this, um, you know, that are bidding 10 or 15 cents right now, an affiliate can walk in and bid 20 cents, and the merchant may think that's too expensive. Heck, the affiliate may be able to bid a buck, and the merchant goes, that's out of control, and the affiliate would get the spot. So, you know, I don't think it's going to push ad revenue down at all. If anything, I think it'll push it up. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that 100%. I think one of the biggest complaints that coming out of the affiliate uh, marketer side of things is a lot of the affiliates that are out there doing uh, AdSense and Overture, doing, like doing affiliate marketing through pay-per-click, um, a lot of these people aren't uh, webmasters uh, particularly. They don't build websites. They don't particularly know how to build websites. They don't have a lot of understanding about uh, website conversion and usability and that sort of thing. They're very good at writing ads that get a click and drop that visitor on the merchant site because the merchant has gone to the trouble of making a site that's usable and converts and so on and so forth. So for these affiliates that don't have websites or don't know how to build websites, they are going to be squeezed out of the market. There's, there's no doubt about that. It's going to force a lot of these people to get down get their hands dirty and start learning how to build some websites and build some of their own landing pages in order to stay in the game. Well, it really goes to the, the core of the affiliate model, right? And forgive me, I don't remember if I was talking to somebody. It's been a crazy week. I don't remember if I was talking to somebody in my office or somebody on Webmaster World said this, but one of those two places, someone said it really goes to the core of the affiliate model because what are affiliates paid for, right? They're paid to do what merchants can't do. Okay, so at this point, a merchant can bid on the AdWords. A merchant knows how to do this. But if an affiliate is better at bidding at AdWords, or they, they know something that the merchant does not, which is quite true in a lot of cases, um, that affiliate can, can opt to bid more than the merchant. So, so Google's not saying affiliates don't bid anymore. I, I know a lot of people misunderstood it and said we don't, you know, they, they thought Google was saying we don't want affiliate sites. That's not what Google's saying. Google's saying there's going to be one ad per domain, per keyword. So yeah, if an affiliate wants to bid five bucks and the merchant's only willing to bid a buck, so be it, then the, then the affiliate gets the site. I think what you're going to see a lot of in the short term is affiliates coming in and just wiping out the merchants. The affiliate, a smart affiliate will say, okay, I know I'm going to make X amount of profit per click from the AdWords. I know that 
if I take a three-week loss so that I can get this merchant out of the game and get him to forget about ever bidding on AdWords again, I can come and reduce my prices and in another two weeks be at a good profit level. You know? So I think what happens is, is this forces the affiliate to get smarter. And it will force the affiliates that are bidding on AdWords to get smarter about how they bid and perhaps expand their horizons. Um, this, Google says this helps um, reduce ad inventory, or not reduce ad inventory, but reduce the amount of bidders so it expands ad inventory. I think Google's going to fi find that that backfires. I think now what you're going to have is a bunch of affiliates going out and bidding on 500 untargeted terms or 1,000 untargeted terms that might get one click a day. Um, there's stuff that eBay hasn't targeted yet? Uh, <laughs> um, I, I have no comment on the strategies involved with untargeted biddings. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I think what's going to happen is Google's going to find that these affiliates are going out and bidding on more and more untargeted terms. So uh, I, I think it's going to force the, the affiliates really to become smarter in how they bid. I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, the, the other nice thing that I like about it is that we we are now allowed to do away with that uh, affiliate or AFF or that you know you had to mark your ad that it was an affiliate ad, and and that's gone out the door along uh, with this program. So I, I really actually like that because once again you know you're forcing your affiliates to get smarter. And now we can actually start getting a little more credit, not having to say, yeah, we're just you know, here reselling someone else's stuff. We can you know, hide that. I mean, the really good affiliates that build really solid websites, half the time you, you think you're probably buying it directly from them. Right. And, uh, and, and I think the other, the other thing we're hearing with this right now is, um, to be honest, other than the Ebays and the Amazons of the world, um, I don't see and maybe this is an ignorant statement, but I don't see quite the problem that I'm hearing the uproar about. Um, it's, it's funny. you know. Um, Google launches something like conversion tracking, and everybody praises them, and then they launch something like this, and everybody shuns them. Um, it, it really should have been the other way around, uh, in my opinion. Um, this move, I can't, I think a lot of, well, let's just put it this way, I think a lot of people are complaining that really have no involvement in this whatsoever. Um, I, I think you're hearing a lot of people complain for nothing. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a good thing. Uh, the, the problem, I think the complaint stuff really started when it was, it was kind of leaked before the official announcement. And it was, I mean, there was a lot of misinformation, a lot of, uh, I mean, there was no clarity to what was going on, and it was sort of leaked that Google is out to get affiliates. Affiliates will no longer be allowed to market via AdWords and you know all of this boogeyman, scary stuff. And then when the when the press release actually came out, and and it became a little more clear what was going on, I think we're starting to see the smarter affiliates already jump in and starting to take advantage. And I think in the long run, uh, if if you smarten up as an affiliate, it's going to be better for you, and I think it's going to be better for Google revenue-wise in the long run, and for AdSense publishers, it's going to be better for you guys as well. Yeah. Um, the uh, good ORI in the uh, chat room makes a good point that actually um, R.C. Jordan made to me, I want to say about two years ago, and R.C. Jordan is, is one of the 
the uh, top guys in my mind out there. Um, he's taught me a lot. But good ROI makes a point. Um, dropship is going to become bigger. Um, you know, XML ordering feeds are going to become bigger, things like that. Um, and RC was saying this two, if not three years ago. He was saying affiliate, the affiliate model is going to move to the dropship, the dropship and the white box, uh, you know, model. So um, I think that opportunity is probably coming. I think it's six to nine months down the road. Um, and you're going to see some savvy merchants learning this and some savvy affiliates taking advantage of it. Um, so all Google really did was de delay their problems maybe 24 months, maybe. Because, um, you know, they're just going to find another way to exploit this model. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, so we were going to wrap that up. That was pretty quick, actually. I think uh, that came, uh, came up with some pretty good solutions there. I, I, I like it overall. I think it's going to be good. It would be interesting to see... Um, if anybody follows suit with that, if you know Overture and, and those guys um, change their affiliation policies in any way, shape, or form, and what MSN's coming out with, you know, you got to know they got something up their sleeve as well. But uh, we got about five minutes, five eight minutes left on the show here. We're going to pop to one final commercial break and uh, have a quick listen in this commercial break. See if we can get that uh, InfoSearch Media commercial to play. I just want to send uh, kudos out to those guys. They went public on Friday, and their stock is actually trading now, and uh, it's a really exciting time for them, and we're glad to have them as a sponsor. So sit tight, and we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Merchants offer your customers a billing solution with zero chargeback risk. Introducing DuoCash. DuoCash. And revolutionary card that's just like using cash on the net. No credit card or bank account required. DuoCash is available wherever prepaid calling cards are sold or online at DuoCash.com. So ensure your customer's online experience anywhere they see PayByCash.com or DuoCash. And don't leave money on the table. Sign up with DuoCash, the official prepaid shopping card of the Internet. DuoCash. Are you ready to optimize your website's full potential? Well, it's all about positioning. Trusted by search engines for delivering clean and optimized content pages for customers. The trusted feeds industry pioneers at Position Technologies will help you build a solid foundation for creating long-term impact on you and your customers' bottom line. So visit PositionTechnologies.com today and look forward to achieving new heights within the search engines. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch media.com today hey everyone welcome back uh, we're back for our final five minutes want to remind you guys about uh, hats off with Jesse coming up right after us if you want your palm read um, apparently she's gonna have a palm reader on the show so you'll want to send over your palms scan them fax them whatever to her her website is alchemistmedia.com, and uh, you can email her at jesse at alchemistmedia.com, or you can fax it to the number on her site, from what I understand, and uh, she'll get your palm right up there on the air. 
Yeah, I'm going to go scan mine right now. I'm going to go over to my partner's computer here in the office and leave a big greasy handprint on his scanner, I think. And then we'll get that sent in. But I think that about wraps up our time. Why don't, uh, why don't you do our traditional uh, way out of this one, Jake? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'd like to thank all you guys for being here. Um, Thrama, Javasti, Nevdal, Trisha, X, Scott, Elite Web, Jennifer99, Good ROI, Jimmy F, Legion, Nuclei, Wartro, Sandre, Ray, Guru, uh, Oilman, of course, Catalyst, X, Scott, Lex, Maddox, A Better Mall, Green Eyed One, Loxley, PA, Stunt Double, Beer, PMAC, Green Man, Chicago HH, The True Rockstar, Web Gorilla, and Sinran. Thanks for coming around, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great evening. 